I realized that, you know, this might be my only shot. This might be my best shot, particularly in those days. You know, Tiger had such a stranglehold on the major championships, never mind Phil and Ernie and BJ and all the others that we know about that were winning multiple majors. There just wasn't much else to go around for the rest of us. Hey there, I'm Ryan Burr, and welcome into the very first episode of Making Birdies, the show where we talk golf and give you the best bets leading up to all the major events in golf. Since golf came back from COVID-19 on the PGA Tour in June, Making Birdies has been red hot. Eight outright winners since last June, and we look to continue that trend as we head to the biggest event of all, the Masters. Think about it, Augusta National, the pageantry, the mystery, and in the betting world, it is the easiest event to handicap because of the limited field. We certainly have some great picks coming your way for the Masters, the big one coming up at Augusta National. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a shot at a free entry into a contest with $100,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is sign up using the promo code BIRDIES, that's B-U-R-R-D-I-E-S, and get right into DraftKings Big Birdie Payday. Later on, we'll be joined by our regular contributor, Justin Big Ticket Ray. He is a research extraordinaire. Let the numbers lead us to the pay window at the Masters, the numbers, the trends that will help us pick winners this week at Augusta National. And now we welcome in the winner of the 2008 Masters, a guy that knows this golf course as well as anyone else in the world. We welcome in Trevor Immelman. Thanks so much, Trev, for coming on. I want to jump right into 2008. You had just cracked the top 30 in the world. What was your confidence level heading into the week when you arrived at Augusta National? Well, it's an interesting one that um, I'd actually been much better in the world ranking the end of the previous year in 2007 and I won a big tournament down there called the Ned Bank Challenge against a very strong field. Right after that I actually had to have an emergency surgery because they found a tumor on my diaphragm so I was struggling to breathe went into the doctor got some scans and within days had to have this emergency surgery so uh, that slowed down my trip back to the U.S and delayed my start on the PGA Tour in 2008. And when I did come back and started to play, uh, my game had suffered. Uh, You know, with a six-inch incision in my back, I wasn't as comfortable putting the work in. I wasn't comfortable hitting balls um, with the driver or out of the rough. And so my world ranking had started to slide. Coming into the Masters, I still had a, a very clear perspective of, you know, just four or five months before that, lying on an operating table, waiting for results to find out, you know, what's going on with this tumor? Do I need further treatment? Am I fortunately benign? And so I was still very keenly aware of how quickly things could change in your life, uh, even though I was only 28 years old at the time. So I came into the tournament having missed the cut the week before in Houston, but I really started to hit the ball well. And so I arrived with low expectations, but still, uh, like I said, a clear perspective and a little confidence from winning a big event at the end of 07. 
Low expectation. I would assume that change pretty quick as you get off to a really good start. After Friday, so 36 holes in, halfway in, uh, you know, there's Tiger, there's Phil. You're still Trevor Immelman, who is a, a major underdog. You're only halfway. The, the Masters really hasn't started yet. But in your mind, did you now think you had a chance? Yeah, I did. I did uh, because I'd been playing such great golf for a few years at that point, really in 2005, started to uh, show some signs of being able to really compete here on the PGA Tour and started having a few uh, top 20s and top 10s in majors. In 2005, I was in the second to last group on Sunday at the Masters, so I got a little taste of that. You know, once I had the lead on Friday night, well, started Thursday night and then Friday night again, absolutely, the, the confidence started to build. But also, and, you know, maybe as important was I realized that, you know, this might be my only shot. This might be my best shot, particularly in those days. Tiger had such a stranglehold on the major championships, never mind Phil and Ernie and VJ and all the others that we know about that were winning multiple majors. There just wasn't much else to go around for the rest of us. And so I was aware that, you know, this, this could be it. And you, you've got to go out there. You've got to have a clear mind. You've got to believe in yourself. Whatever happens come Sunday, you, you've got to just leave it all out on the table and uh, live with whatever the result is. Was there a part of your game heading into the weekend, Trevor, that you knew you could rely on, even if something else, another part of your game started to sputter? Um, my, my ball striking, you know, uh, at that point in my career, I would like to think that I was one of the ball's best ball strikers on tour. And so I was very consistent, you know, maybe not so much off of the tee, but my iron play was right up there uh, with the best. And so that was something that I could rely on. And that's something that is very important around Augusta National, being able to control your distance uh, and your accuracy with your irons on approach at Augusta National is vitally important trying to keep keep the ball in these tiny little areas the size of a coffee table on, on certain hole for certain hole locations. So I would say that as well as, you know, mentally, I was pretty tough at that time. Uh, you know, I was able to, to, to get into a bubble and stay focused and just not get distracted. And tell us about the phone call from Gary player kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, got through Saturday's round and we had a little curveball thrown at us. Uh, some weather came in. We had about a two, two and a half hour delay before the third round. And so we, Brant Snedeker and I were in the final group. We pretty much played the last hole in the dark. Quite amazing. Both of us made a birdie. He hit it to about five feet. I hit it to one foot to a back right hole location. And he made the putt and I tapped in. So it was quite a, quite a cool finish. And I was taking a two shot lead into the final round. And so by the time... You know, now we're looking at 7.30, 7.45-ish. By the time you've, you've uh, done the card and gone through all the media, we were leaving the course just after nine. And my wife was driving, turned my phone on, you know, messages from all over the world just beeping in. And the uh, first voice message I listened to was Gary Player. And he was here early in the week. We actually played a practice round together, but he was calling me from China. He had to go to Beijing because he was designing a golf course. And, uh, you know, he had a very stern voice. I can, I can still, it's like imprinted in my mind. And he, he just said, Trevor, 
uh, you, you're playing great. And nobody is playing as well as you from tee to green right now. But tomorrow is going to be the most difficult day you've ever had on a golf course because adversity is going to come at some point and you're going to then have to decide if you're going to roll over and just, you know, throw in the towel and, and buckle like we see from, you know, many athletes through the years, or are you going to stand up and like really dig in and fight when it truly matters? You know, I thought it was really cool that he made the effort to call and I sort of logged it in the back of my mind. I had a lot of things that I was thinking about at the moment, at that moment. But in the final round, I was going along okay, and I three-putted the eighth hole to make bogey, which is just a terrible bogey. It's one of the holes you want to want to birdie. So I bogey eight, and on the ninth hole, I had a great drive all the way to the bottom of the hill, front left hole location, and I hit the worst wedge you could ever think of. I pulled it left into the bunker, and those bunkers are so deep. You know, you can barely see the top of the flag from down in there. You can hit it almost, you can hit it to the 18th green and have a fairly easy up and down because you've got all that green and the slopes to work with. I've hit it left, just the worst possible leave. And I'm walking up the steep hill and I said to my caddy, man, I just, I don't, I don't feel right. I don't feel myself. I'm not in control of anything right now. And as those words left my mouth, what Gary said to me just hit me over the head like a ton of bricks. And I was like, this is it. This is exactly what he was talking about. So, you know, what am I going to do now? Am, am I going to make another bogey here, back-to-back bogeys, and then start difficult second nine, or am I going to dig in and get down there? And I was quite fortunate. The ball was just slightly on the upslope of the bunker. Still had nothing, nothing really to work with. But I just hit a shot that I'd been working on where – Open the face way up, weak grip, crank the face open even more on the backswing and just really rip across it and get as much speed as you can. And the ball came out perfect, flew just over the edge of the bunker and went up on the ridge and then spun back toward the hole to about eight feet. I'm mean, If you gave me 50 balls, I probably couldn't do it again. <laughs> and uh, and then I made the putt with you know gusts up to 30 miles an hour just ripping across that green it's one of the most exposed greens on the golf course and that was it you know i made par really when i shouldn't have and and then i walked to the 10th tee and i was like you know this is this is what he was talking about and uh so that call definitely did help me yeah the rest is history uh let's get into this this week's masters uh interesting trend here trevor eight of the last nine masters champions 1.7 1.7 strokes gained T to green for three months leading up to the Masters. That's eight out of nine, mm-hmm. and 12 guys fit that category right now. Do you yeah. buy the trend that that stat is that important on this golf course? 1.7 strokes gained T to green. Do you buy the fact that that eight out of nine could become nine out of ten? Yeah, I do. I took a look at the list you sent me, and there's a there's a few that I would immediately cross off, and then there's a few that I, I would put a little <laughs> star next to. Um, I do buy it, and particularly on on the the approach, strokes gained approach, is just vitally important. And you know, over the years, I would say the last uh, fifteen years, I would say. Uh, driving has become more and more and more important as the course has gotten longer, as the course has gotten narrower. 
Um, you know, when I first played in 99, it, the tee shots felt totally different. Uh, right. so, so driving has become more important, but approach play is just, it's vital because if you are really sharp with your irons, you then can allow your putter to win you the tournament. Right. Uh, but if you're just missing these, these mm. plateaus and your ball's running off ridges and, and off uh, false edges, you're going to be two and three putting all week long and you're just going to have no chance. All right, let's give us a couple of those stars. The names are Casey, Sergio, Rom, Colin Morikawa, JT, Finau, Dustin Johnson, the champ, Corey Connors, Bryson, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, and Hatton. Which one of those, when you immediately saw the list, were you like, yeah, I like them on this course? Well, you know, it, it, I'm not going out on a limb, but, you know, DJ, JT, <laughs> Rom, you know, I kind of <laughs> like those. Um, I like, I kind of like Hatton as a bit of a dark horse. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Form hasn't been fantastic as of right now. Um, but uh, I like him around here. And so, th so that could be something interesting. I got to say, I'm, I'm really high on speed. I've been telling you this for quite some yeah, time. You have been. Uh, I, I really feel like he is starting to feel as comfortable as he ever has with his swing. And it, you can, he, it's like you can see his confidence building with every round that he plays. How about recent form compared to past form at Augusta National? Do you put more stock in one versus the other? Playing well in the current year, month leading up to, or you've got great past history like a Jordan on this golf course? It's always past history at Augusta National because there is a, a distinct and real strategy to playing this golf course. Mm-hmm. And the ones that have played here often and played well here often, they know the strategy. And on the back of that, they know the greens and they know how the putts break. And that's going to be the thing with Bryson that is very uh, yeah. interesting to keep an eye on. I mean, he's really he, he reliant was the favorite. on that greens book. He was the favorite Trevor in November coming off his mm. win at the U.S. Open. The bob and gouge. He would bring Augusta National to his knees. Didn't work out. Uh, now we're back just a few months later. Is he on your short list to Shambo? Yeah, he's up there. He's probably, you know, on the second tier. I think he's going to be a little better prepared this time from a standpoint of not in doubt whether he's using a 48 or a 45 inch driver. So he's probably right. not going to waste all that time trying to figure that out. He seems to have settled now on a driver that he knows that he's comfortable with. But like I was just touching on earlier, the Greens book is the thing that you have to watch with Bryson. He's very reliant on it, uh, yeah. week in and week out on tour, and it's not available to him here. So that's why, you know, if, if he was asking me for advice, I'd say, hey, Bryson, less time on the range, more time out on those Greens trying to cement in your mind where the fall lines are and how the putts are breaking so that you can trust that in competition. Well, buddy, this is your week. Uh, I know your jam-packed schedule, so we, we appreciate you making time for making birdies. And uh, best of luck all weekend long. And it's great to relive the great 2008, my personal favorite Masters. Just an incredible visit with 2008 Masters champion Trevor Immelman inside the ropes a guy that won the Masters, letting us know the little things, the little things that might make a difference on winning a bet or losing a bet. Bryson DeChambeau, 
all year long gets to use a greens reading book. Not at Augusta National. Can he overcome that? Jordan Spieth, great course knowledge, starting to play great golf. That combination, Jordan probably moves into the top 10 on Trevor's best bets. So much more when we come back. We'll let the numbers, the trends lead us all the way to our best bets as we welcome in Justin Big Ticket Ray. We are brought to you by DraftKings. Just sign up for DraftKings using promo code BIRDIES and opt into DraftKings Big Birdie Payday. You'll get a free entry into a daily fantasy contest with $100,000 up for grabs if any member of the final group sinks a birdie putt on the 18th hole on Sunday. Remember to use the promo code BIRDIES, that's B-U-R-R-D-I-E-S, minimum $5 deposit required, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com for details. And welcome back to the Making Birdies podcast. I'm Ryan Burr. Time now to make some money at the Masters. After all, that is what this show is all about. It is time to raise some capital with research extraordinaire Justin Ray, arguably the number one golf researcher in the world. And big ticket, we know you have examined the Masters tournament, Augusta National, uh, with a fine-tooth comb, a magnifying glass, if you will, the stats, the trends that ultimately will give us our best bet to predict the winner. Ticket, if you could only give me one trend, one stat that would help us make it all the way to the window on Sunday with a winner, what stat would you go with? You know, conversationally over the years, we always talk about the greens of the Augusta National and how much players need to learn over time about the nuances of the short game there at Augusta. But truthfully, this is the quintessential second shot golf course. No statistic has been more indicative of success at Augusta National than strokes gained approach. Since those numbers became available here about six years ago, the last five times the Masters was held in April, the average finish of the player to lead the field in strokes gained approach is 1.8. Pretty important. When Jordan Spieth won in 2015, he led the field. When Danny Willett won the next year, he led the field. Dustin Johnson did everything well last year. You don't put on that kind of show without doing everything well, but he was fifth in strokes gained approach. Um, It's just one thing I definitely also see coming this week is that it's going to play a little bit tougher. The last two years the Masters were held, it yielded the lowest scoring averages in the history of the tournament. I find it tough to believe that the Green Jackets are going to allow that to happen again. We looked firm and fast at the Augusta National Women's Amateur over the weekend. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this week. But if you got to look at one statistic when you make your first – trip to the window this week it's strokes gained approach strokes gained approach and we'll get into who those players are throughout the program let's start though right off the bat ticket under the radar a guy that we think the odds are just uh, overwhelming uh, not going to be one of your favorites for sure we're not talking dustin johnson or jordan spieth here someone a little bit off the radar that you think could have that magical week It's tough to be a two-time Masters champion and be under the radar, but Bubba Watson is. He finished 5th and 12th the last two years this tournament was held in April. The most encouraging number for me, though, for Bubba is his strokes gained approach this season. He doesn't have a ton of flashy finishes in 2021, but he's gaining nearly half a stroke per round on approach play. That's his best strokes gained approach rate since 2015. He played really well at the WGC match play in Austin. I see some value in a top 20 or a top 10 bet for Bubba Watson this week. Not necessarily to win, but I think that's he's got some pretty good numbers, especially for a guy who's got two green jackets in the closet. No doubt, Ticket. My under the radar is to win. Uh, all of our numbers here, of course, according to DraftKings and Cameron Smith, 
plus 3,500. Ticket, it's his first master, uh, fifth Masters. He's never missed the cut. Now, I know you said in November it was set up a little bit differently. He tied for a second. But look at his recent form. 11th at concession, very difficult golf course. 4th at Genesis, difficult golf course. 17th at the players. We know how tough TPC Sawgrass is. I have Smith under the radar at plus 3,500, and he is my under-the-radar pick to not only top 10 ticket, it's to go out there and win this week. He would have won almost every Masters ever played with his score he put together last year in November. I kind of like that pick. At concession, you know, he had three really good rounds in one terrible day. So I'm not – I think that's uh, – there's some good value there for Cam Smith. I like that. And, of course, for all of our viewers and listeners right now, we do want to offer you a promo with DraftKings this week. The DraftKings code is BIRDIES, B-U-R-R-D-I-E-S. Get you into a free game at DraftKings. Went up to $100,000 with the promo code BIRDIES, B-U-R-R-D-I-E-S. Uh, let's move on, Ticket, to certainly uh, you, you look at some of the, the things that we're looking at this week. And... Uh, a long shot to win. We talked about under the radar, but how about a long shot to win? And, and certainly a long shot, the odds are going to be, be a big part of that selection. Yeah, I'm going to go way down the board for a guy who's never missed the cut at the Masters in five starts. DraftKings has burned Wiesberger at 300 to one. It seems like every year we get a European player from seemingly out of nowhere to contend, whether that was Soren Kelton a couple years ago, Jonas Blix nearly won in 2014 when we remember that Bubba versus young Jordan Spieth duel. Only a handful of players in the history of this tournament have made five or more starts at the Masters and never missed the cut. And Bern Wiesberger is surprisingly one of them. He's gained more than half a stroke per round on approach shots in 2021. That spans across both the PGA and European tours. I might put a flyer on him to win. Nothing too serious, but some top 10 or top 20 value there makes sense. Um, like I said, we always seem to have one of those European players come out of nowhere. His strokes gain approach trends are pretty strong. I like him as my long shot. Well, we heard Trevor say earlier in the show, a guy that won the Masters, that way more important than recent form is past play at the Masters. I'm going to try to mix both of these. I'm, I'm going out on a limb, but Corey Connors plus 8,000. I know he doesn't have a great track history there. Uh, top 10, though, in his only Masters start, he did shoot 65 on Friday at Augusta National. And obviously, we know he's having his best year here in 2021. So my long shot play, plus 8,000. How about Corey Connors? All right, time now to fade a player ticket. This certainly is one of the favorites, a top 10 on the board. Who are we trying to stay away from this week? This is going to be maybe a little bit controversial because he's always a hot topic everywhere he goes, but I'm avoiding Bryson DeChambeau everywhere this week. Wow. And winged foot and then at Bay Hill, you know, Bryson's advantage, look, he was able to drive the ball further than anybody, but the real advantage is when the rough is specifically penalizing on players. Bryson's able to hit nine irons and wedges. Other guys have got to hit sixes and sevens in the greens. There's no real rough to speak of at Augusta National. That advantage isn't going to be there. Um, you know, the other big thing for me is that He's not going to have his precious green reading books. I know that Trevor talked about that as well. Over the last five years, or since he made his debut, rather, in 2016, of 76 players with 10 or more rounds, he's 70th in strokes gained putting. He led the field in strokes gained off the tee last fall at the Masters. 
and it didn't necessarily help him to contend. So I think he's still got some things to learn there at Augusta National. I don't think this is a place you can simply overpower. I'm fading Bryson. Uh, all right, Ticket. I'll, I'll toot your horn a little bit here because the Making Birdies podcast, the rest of the world thinks Bryson, because he hits it a million yards, is, is one of the favorites. He's a great player, no doubt. But you look at those wins. It's the opposite of what everyone thinks. His two big wins were on courses where you quote unquote didn't have to drive it far. You had to hit it straight. The toughest two courses, according to Ruff, were Bay Hill and the U.S. Open. He won both. It's not about distance. It's about what club he's coming into the greens. Ticket, I think it's a marvelous point on why a lot of these podcasts will be on DeChambeau and we won't. Another two names to fade in my book, Dustin Johnson. Listen, he could go out and win by 10. I'm taking a flyer here that since 1967, only two guys have been able to repeat, Nick Faldo and Tiger Woods. We know Dustin spent a lot of time working on the menu for the for the champion's dinner. So I'm going to say that his mind's been on the dinner plans and, and just not ready to go out and repeat. The numbers say repeating is about the toughest thing to do out there. All right, let's get into Shamshik Pitts here. Uh, these all according to DraftKings and nationality ticket. It's kind of interesting. They break it down by nationality on DraftKings. And we'll start with English players. Do you have a, a flyer for us? A lot of interesting names up there. Lee Westwood's had a great spring, of course. But I'm going to pick a guy coming off two top tens in his last three starts. It seems like incredible value. Tommy Fleetwood at plus 550 on DraftKings. He's averaged more than a stroke gain per round on the field overall at the Masters since 2018. Fifth on the board among the Englishmen, Tommy Fleetwood. Really? I just think there's too much value there. I like some of those other guys. I can make a case for Fitzpatrick. Could make a case for Westwood, maybe even Paul Casey. But give me Fleetwood at fifth on that board for top English. Right. You probably can't make a, a case for Justin Rose. Uh, he WD'd his last event, which was all the way back at Bay Hill. But I just can't get over his track record at the Masters. And at plus 900 top Englishmen, I'll take a complete flyer that Justin Rose finds it when he uh, comes down Magnolia Lane. And, and he's my guy there. How about the top Asian this week at Augusta National? Look, after what Sung J.M. did last November, it's really tough to go against him. But I'm going to make a case for Hideki Matsuyama here. Since 2017, he ranked sixth in strokes gain approach per round at Augusta National, 11th in strokes gain tee to green. He, if, if we see a more difficult golf course this year at Augusta, like I think we will, I think that experience is going to matter. And Hideki has a lot more of that than Sung J.M., that being said, Sung J.M. was awesome last year at, at the Masters in November. I It's tough for me to make a pick, but I know I think you might be liking Sung Jae here. Yeah, I like uh, Hideki really let me down at the Valero. I'll be honest with you. He had a great opening round and just did nothing the last three days. And for that reason, I'm going to ride the machine of Sung J.M. The odds aren't great, plus 138. But, uh, hey, money's money ticket. Every pick you make doesn't have to be a long shot. Money is money. We're here to raise some capital, and I'll do that this week, and I'll take Sun JM, and I'll feel pretty good about it at plus 138. How about the top Australian? I've already given you my under the radar is Cam Smith, so we don't need to go any further for me. You know how I feel about him. I can make a great case for Cam Smith. I like that pick. I could also make one for Adam Scott here, but I think there's a lot of value in Mark Leishman. Over the last three years, he's averaged the fifth most strokes gained approach per round at Augusta. 
Two top 15 finishes here in his last three starts. His form hasn't been great so far in 2021, but last year he entered the Masters having not had a top 10 since March and still finished tied for 13. So I think that number gives him a little bit of value, and I'm going to go with Mark Leishman here as my top Aussie. Yeah, he is really out of form, but as you said, very similar to the Rose pick. Uh, Tough to pass up the past history of Leish. Uh, at the national, no doubt about that. Once again, everyone, I hope you're enjoying our first ever Making Birdies podcast. Ryan Burr with the great Justin Ray. And certainly, we want to invite you to play a free game on DraftKings with the promo code BIRDIES. That's B U R R D I E S. Follow us on Twitter at Making Birdies, and uh, we're going to make you some money, no doubt about that. Let's get to the real money this week ticket. That starts with top 10, top five. Uh, top 20 picks. Let's start with the top 20, a guy that you like to make some money on a top 20 selection. So I know I went with a different Aussie with the last pick, but there is only one player who has made the cut at the Masters every year since 2010, and that's Adam Scott. Scott has never been a guy to grind, even throughout the peak of his career, to grind every week, but he's a guy who's going to gear his game up towards the major championships, especially on this side of 40 like he is. His strokes gain approach numbers are still solid this season, if not spectacular. Only Rory McIlroy has more rounds in the 60s of the Masters than Adam Scott does since 2010. I've seen him at 66 to 1 to win this week. I think I really <laughs> like his value for a top 20 finish at DraftKings. Yeah, I, I like that pick. In fact, he was on my list of two. I went with Sergio, very similar uh, to top 20 at plus 188. Four top 10s at the Masters, of course, the win in 17. A uh, little inside info is as we like to take our Making Birdies podcast inside the rope, spend some time with Sergio in Austin a couple weeks ago. And I can tell you firsthand, he has never hit it better. Sergio top 10. I'll take it to the bank. I actually considered him ticket to win this week, but I'll take the easy money for Sergio in a top 20. How about uh, top 10 for you? Who you like? All right, so if you just took this guy's name away and just he was player X and you looked at his statistics the last two months, you would pick him. His name's Jordan Speed. Now put that name on there with those numbers and his unbelievable course history, and he says he's a slam dunk for a top 10 finish to me. Since the new year, he ranks third on the PGA Tour in strokes gained approach. That is an enormous turnaround from the guy we saw the previous 18 months. Oh, and by the way, he has the greatest scoring average in the history of the Masters. He's second in strokes gained total all time to Ben Hogan. I would be genuinely surprised if Jordan Spieth doesn't contend this week. Coming off that big win at the Texas Open, I don't think there's going to be any kind of victory hangover for a guy who's got a dozen PGA Tour wins under his belt. Man, I know everyone is going to be on Jordan this week, but I've got to take him to top 10. Well, every time you mention Jordan Spieth, you have to mention my guy in a top 10, and that is Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, to your Ying, I'll give you my Yang. He's plus 600, so way better odds to top 10 than Jordan Spieth. Two top 10s in his last five events, and we know he has won here on these grounds before. He is the tax slayer. He is the terminator. He will be focused, ready to go. The world will be betting against Patrick Reed. Listen, I don't have bias ticket. If you make me money, I like you that week. I don't have to love Patrick Reed and everything that comes with him, but he'll be on my board this week to top 10. Patrick Reed to top 10 plus 600 on DraftKings. I'll take it all day long. I'm eating that all day long ticket. I love that, especially if the golf course is tougher. If everyone's got to scramble and get up and down, who else are you going to pick to get up and down and save those tough pars over P. Reed? 
All right, top five. Who you got? Okay, this guy, a little bit will be said about the nappy factor, the new dad. I'm about to be a dad for the first time, just like him. Give me John Rahm. Top 10 finish each of the last three years here. 31 under par the last three years. Only Dustin Johnson better in that span. Fifth in strokes gained tee to green since making his debut here. Third in strokes gained off the tee since making his debut here. Last four years, he is first in all, among all players in par five scoring. The only problem with him has been the par threes. He's 158th in par three scoring in that same span. I think he turns that around, figures it out. New dad, happy vibes, top five finish for John Rahm this week. You know, the new dad thing, if you take it across all sports, it either works two ways. It's either like a miscut for Rom or a top five. I like the top five. A lot of guys get a little magic. Uh, the focus, you know, you're not distracted by everything else. It's out of the way. I, I don't hate John Rom. How about my pick, though? I'm going Lee Westwood ticket. And think about this. I love the odds. Plus 800. All right. When you look, 12 straight cuts made for Lee Westwood at the Masters. And he's playing the best golf in the last 12 years right now. Second at the Players, second at Bay Hill. Two really tough golf courses. He got tired. It's the only reason the trend didn't continue. I think Lee Westwood finds that magic again that he's had in the month of March. There's no doubt he's playing the best golf of his career, right? You think about what he's done at Augusta National before. Three top fives at the Masters. What do you think? be a great storyline, wouldn't it? And a great way to cap off. An amazing spring. Augusta National, not a course where distance is overly important. And Lee Westwood's iron numbers during the stretch have been outstanding. I kind of like that pick. Good value. All right, top five for sure, plus 800 on DraftKings. All right, the only thing left are our best bets and our winner. We will save the winner for last. Who is your best bet this week at Augusta National? You know what? Uh, this is a little bit off the board, but I love all the props that are available at DraftKings especially ones for a hole-in-one at the Masters. I know we all love Sunday, that pin position at 16. There were none last year, but there have been seven in the last five years combined. DraftKings has a, props also, has a prop bet also for multiple aces in the tournament. Four times since 2010, we've had multiple holes-in-one at the Masters. I think that's got a pretty good chance of happening this year. I also think that it would seem to make sense, right, with a few patrons coming back. They want to get the roars going. How about we have multiple aces at Augusta National? That's going to be my favorite bet of the week. Something a little off the board, but a fun one to have. Yeah, I'll slide some cash on that, no doubt. My best bet, it's simply Rory McIlroy. And I'll tell you why. He's plus 1,900 on DraftKings to win. I get it. He's played horrible. He's switched coaches. It's not the Rory. I think that might help him this week. Because I'll tell you this much, Ticket. He's not thinking about the career grand slam. He's just hoping to find a fairway. I think maybe the distraction of Rory not playing good, just focusing on see ball, hit ball, hit it straight. We know Rory's top five player in the world. I know the rankings don't say he is, but I'll take his talent over just about everyone else in the field. And at plus 1,900, that's my best bet. I'm taking McElroy as my best bet for the win. I think that makes sense. I mean, when's the last time you could think of Rory McIlroy being that low on the board going into a major championship? And I love that point that he's not thinking about history. He's not thinking about the Grand Slam. He's thinking about his golf swing maybe a little bit and a little bit more time with Pete Cowan. Maybe maybe he sees the fruits of that labor here this week at Augusta National. I like it. You know, we have seen that with him before, by the way. When he makes a quick change, you see a sudden burst. We know it happened with Brad Faxon when he switched to him with putting next week, one at Bay Hill. 
Uh, new swing coach, I think you might see Rory. You'll know, you'll know very early. You'll know round one if McElroy is legit. I, I'm going to have some money on McElroy this week is my best bet because for me, ticket, those numbers are just too enticing. And finally, it is time. Give me your winner. You know the numbers. You've crunched the numbers. No one knows this event on the planet like you, big ticket. What do the numbers tell you? All right. My pick to win is a guy who has improved his master's finish every year he's played. 39th to 22nd to 17th to 12th. Last year, he was fourth. I picked him to win last year. He nearly got it done for me. My pick to win is Justin Thomas. He leads all players in stroke gain approach per round at Augusta National the last three years. He also, if you like more traditional statistics, he also leads all players in greens and regulation at that span. For my money, he is the best iron player on the planet the last two to three years. He showed it at TPC Sawgrass. I'm not concerned with the pool play exit and match play. I think that's kind of a, a lot of randomness involved in that match play situation. The only player in the, in the history of the Masters to win a TPC Sawgrass and Augusta National the same year as Tiger Woods in 2001. JT joins him this week as the second man to pull it off. All right, take a quick trivia question for you. Who has the greatest scoring average in the history of the Masters? That would be Mr. Jordan Speed. And that is my pick. I wish he hadn't won last week because he's crushing my odds. But the reality is he's been playing the best golf in a long, long time. He actually got a little burden off his back with the victory in Texas. I think he might be even better this week. Uh, Jordan, I wish he hadn't won because he, he he's crushed the odds, but he plays that guy better than anyone in history, Ticket. Uh, I think he shows up. His short game has never been better. The putter is ridiculous. He's actually hitting him a lot better than he had been. Uh, and as we said, the burden's off his back. I'll take Jordan Speed for the victory. And... Uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great week. It's a fascinating week. We know you'll have updates uh, all weekend long, not only on your social handle, which which is a must in golf, but certainly uh, some stuff coming directly to the Making Birdies uh, site on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel. We're all over the place, Ticket. I know you're excited to be a part of this podcast moving forward. And uh, how big is this week for Making Birdies? It's, it's going to be huge. We're going to give you a lot of exciting content. And a lot of opportunities to make you some money. That's what it's all about. What better week to do it and kick, kick things off than Master? Thanks a lot, Big Ticket. Great show. Some great information that I'm sure is going to help a lot make some money this week at the Masters. And a reminder, for a free game, use the promo code BIRDIES. That's B-U-R-R-D-I-E-S on DraftKings. Promo code BIRDIES. And play a free game where you can win up to $100,000. Follow us on all your social media outlets like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and Google. That is going to do it for us. This has been Making Birdies for Justin Ray. I'm Ryan Burr. Enjoy the Masters, everybody.